Well, wasn't that fun? How many of you learned something about somebody that you didn't know about them this morning, right? Pretty cool. How many of you had a hard time coming up with three things that somebody wouldn't know about you this morning? Well, man, we are in this series that we started last week called Friending, and we are talking about this ever-important issue in our lives. In fact, I believe if you get this area of your life right, so many other areas of your life will fall right into place. But the opposite is also true. If you get this part of your life messed up, you will find yourself in a whole world of hurt. You can find yourself making bad decisions, doing things you never wanted to do, and all because of the friends that you have. Your relationships make a huge, huge impact upon your life. In fact, we've all heard it said before, birds of a feather flock together. Anybody ever heard that before, right? And the truth is, you're going to become just like the people that you spend your time with. You're going to be influenced by the friends and by the relationships, by the people that you have in your life. In fact, if you don't believe me, just go back and look at your high school yearbook. How many know what I'm talking about? Look at some of the clothes that you were wearing in your high school yearbook. In fact, some of you, when you were in high school, maybe you were a cowboy. Others of you, when you were in high school, maybe you were a skater. Others of you, when you were in high school, you were a preppy. Others of you, even in high school, you wore MC Hammer pants. I'm telling you. You know who you are. You know who you are. And here's the thing. Look at how you dressed when you were in high school and then look at your friends. And I guarantee you, if you were a cowboy in high school, you hung out with a bunch of cowboys. If you were a preppy in high school, you hung out with a bunch of preppies. If you were a skater in high school, you hung out with a bunch of skaters. If you wore MC Hammer pants, you had other problems too. I'm just saying. The truth is, your friends will influence your life. In fact, we learned last week this key thought that's helping to drive us through the entire series. I want you to say it aloud with me on the count of three. One, two, three. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Come on, say it again. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. The truth is today is that your friends are a picture of your future. The quality and the direction of your life will be determined determined by the people that you choose to spend your time with. You will become the average of your closest friends. In fact, Solomon, one of the wisest men who ever lived, said it like this in this passage that we've been studying in this series. In Proverbs 13 and verse 20, it says, Walk with the wise and you will become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. Proverbs says that you're going to become like the people that you hang around with. If you hang around with wise people, if you hang around with people who are making good decisions, if you hang around with people who are wise in their marriage or wise in their wise in their finances or people who are doing the right things and following God, then guess what? You're going to become like them as they influence you. But if you hang around with a bunch of foolish people, If you hang around with people who are making dumb decisions, if you hang around people who are going places you don't want to go and shouldn't go and ending up with problems that you don't want to have, you're going to become just like them. 
And we began to lay the foundation for this idea last week as we kind of set the foundation for friendships. And how many of you, if you were, if you were here last week, if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to go and get the podcast because I believe there's some powerful stuff for you. But how many of you were here last week, found yourself kind of doing some of the things that we talked about last week? How many of you, like your phone rang and you really wanted to just let it go to voicemail so that you could text them back later, but you thought, man, Pastor Chad said I couldn't do that. Come on, anybody, right? How many of you, you wanted to talk to somebody and you were tempted to text them and you decided, no, I'm not going to do relationships thumbs to thumbs. We're going to do relationships face to face. And this last week, you began to see the need in your life for relationships. You began to see how important it is to have that face to face connection, those relationships with one another. And you know, I was thinking about it. I don't know if you've ever been on a, a trip overseas, anywhere to a third world country, but I've been on a few. I've been to uh, uh, Peru and I've been to El Salvador on missions trips. And there's something interesting that takes place when you go on a trip like that. When you first get there, you look around and you see the poverty and you see how people are living and you see how they have so much less than what we have and they don't have the luxuries of life that we have. And at first, your heart just breaks for them, for what they have. But what you find out is after three or four days, you begin to actually find yourself being a little bit jealous of these people. And you think, why in the world am I jealous of these people? I've got so much more than they do. But because they have so much less than us, it's like they have this greater connection spiritually with God and a greater connection with one another. And, and the truth is that some of you, maybe you even find yourself in life kind of like that and you don't really understand why, but you look at your life and you think, man, I've got all of this stuff. I live in a nice home and I drive a nice car and I have a good job and, and we've got all the luxuries that come along with living in America today and yet something deep down inside is missing. You think I've got all this stuff, but I just don't seem to have everything that I need. And there's something inside of me, this deep inner longing, something is missing. But perhaps this morning, it's not something that's missing. Maybe it's someone. You see, you were created for relationships. You were created for friendships with one another. In fact, from the very beginning, when God created Adam, some of you may even remember the story of how God created Adam and how he created the garden and he created the animals and the earth and the sea and all of those things. And every time he said, it is good. And yet here is Adam with everything that he has in the middle of the most beautiful place on earth with all of the food that he needs right at his disposal, with everything that he would need, even a direct connection with God, even a perfect relationship with God because sin had not even entered the world yet. And even with all that Adam had, even with a perfect relationship with God, and yet something was not right, something was missing. In fact, the scripture says it like this. God looked and said, it's not good. What was not good? It was not good for man to be alone. Even when God was there, even in perfect sinless relationship with God, there was still something that was missing. And that was that, crea- that connection with God's 
people. And I can tell you here this morning that you can have everything that this life has to offer. You can even be right with God, and I hope you are. And if you're not, you can get that way today. But you can even have relationship with God and still something be missing unless you have the kind of relationships that God has created you for. And that's what we're talking about in this series. In fact, that kind of leads me to our kind of our main idea for this morning. The main idea for this morning's message is simply this. You might be one friend away. Everybody say one friend away. One friend away. You might just be one friend away from a completely different destiny. In fact, if you, look at your, if you look at your friends and they are a picture of your future, then your future could be different by just one friend in your life. In fact, we see this throughout the scripture. We see it in the life of, of people, by, uh, people like Saul who would later become uh, the apostle Paul. We see it in Acts chapter 9. There's this one relationship that changes the entire trajectory of his life. Look what it says in Acts chapter 9 and verse 26. It says, When Saul came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he was really a disciple. But Barnabas, everybody say Barnabas. But Barnabas, what? His friend took him and brought him to the apostles. Check this out, all right? Saul, we know the story of Saul. Saul was a bad dude. He's going around killing Christians, persecuting Christians, and then all of a sudden the blinding light comes down from heaven and Saul comes to relationship with Christ. His name is changed to Paul and suddenly Saul now becomes the apostle Paul going around and wanting to preach, but but you can tell that the people, the Christians of that day were not really, not really excited about this. In fact, they didn't really trust Saul or now the Apostle Paul. And for a good reason, right? I mean, how many know if somebody that you knew that had been killing Christians walked into church today and said, I want to preach today, we would probably be like, no, I don't think so, right? I think I'll pass on that. And, and here's this guy who's going around killing Christians and now he wants to get with the Christians and start preaching and nobody wants to accept him and with good reason. But there's this one guy. One friend, this guy by the name of Barnabas, that because he laid himself on the line, because he vouched for Paul, this changed the entire direction, the entire course of Paul's life. And now we know that Paul became the great apostle, that he, uh, that he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, one of the greatest men of God who ever lived. But his life was changed by this one friend. And here's the thing this morning is that You show me your friends, I'll show you your future, your life, the direction of your life could be completely different just by one friend, one relationship that could change the whole course of your destiny. And let me just interject this today, it might not be the friend that you think it's going to be. It might not be the friend that, where you might not find them in the place where you are really looking. See, so many times we look for people that are like us to be that kind of a friend. If you're a teenager, you start looking for teenagers to be that kind of friend. If you're a 30-something, you start looking for 30-somethings. If you're a mom, you start looking for moms, whatever. And so many times, typically, we look for people that look like us and around our age and whatever to be this kind of friend in our life. But the truth is, sometimes this kind of friend doesn't look like us at all. 
fact, I can think of some relationships in my own life, people who have changed the course of my destiny that are not friends that are my age or really look a whole lot like me. I'm thinking of one friend uh, that, that about 10 years ago I began to pursue him as a, as a coach and as a mentor. And he's, he doesn't really, he's not my age. He's more like my dad's age. But I began to meet with this guy on a regular basis and he began to pour into my life and began to mentor me. And I, I'll never forget on that day, you remember I've told the story many times before on that day when I had been searching everywhere looking for a place for us to have church services and I'll never forget when the phone rang and my friend Pastor Darius called and said we have a church building that we would like to have your church move into that building and my life the trajectory of my life the destiny of my life personally and the destiny of this church was changed forever because of this one friend And here's the deal here this morning. You might just be one friend away from a completely different life, from a completely different destiny. And that one friend may not look like the one friend that you're thinking they're going to be, but you've got to keep your eyes open to look around for these friends in your life. And this is what I want to do this morning. I want to talk about the kind of friends that we need to have in our lives. And I want to talk about this guy named David. Many of us, maybe we know about David. And we know the story of David. David was, the Bible says, a man after God's own heart. David was a great leader and a great king and, and just a great man. But as we study David's life, we will see that David would not be the man that David was if it wasn't for the friends that God brought into David's life. And I want us to look at his life for a minute this morning. And I just want to, I want to see three different kinds of friends that we see in David's life and three kinds of friends that I believe all of us need in our own lives. If you're taking notes, you can write these down today. The first friend that we see in David's life is a guy by the name of Samuel. Everybody say Samuel. And look at what kind of friend Samuel is. Samuel is a friend who makes you better. In fact, as we look at the story of, of David, you might remember that, that uh, God was fed up with King Saul. And so he decided, I'm going to anoint a new king. And so he speaks to the prophet Samuel and he tells Samuel, he says, I want you to go to the house of Jesse. And one of Jesse's sons is going to be the next king. And I want you to anoint him to be the next king. And so we know the story that Jesse brings out his sons. And one by one, man, he brings out the oldest and he's strong and he's tall and he's handsome and he's good looking and Samuel thinks surely this must be the man who will be the next king of Israel but God speaks to Samuel and says that's not the one so he goes on to the second oldest and he comes out and he's big and he's strong and he's handsome and Samuel thinks surely that would be the one but God says that's not the one either and one by one down the line each of the sons God says that's not the one that's not the one that's not the one that's not the one. And God speaks to Samuel's heart and he says, here's the problem is that you're looking on the outside, but I'm looking at the hearts. And Samuel says, are there any other sons? And Jesse, even his own dad says, well, we got one other son, but he can't be the one. He's just out there in the field. He's just a little boy. He's just a shepherd boy just out there. And Samuel says, bring him to me. They bring David out, and Samuel says, this is the one. 
You see, Samuel saw something in David that nobody else had seen. In fact, in 1 Samuel 16 and 12, it says, Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of the oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel saw something in David. In just a little shepherd boy that nobody else could see. Samuel was a friend who made David. David better. And my question is for you today, do you have any friends like this in your life? Do you have any friends who see in you what nobody else sees in you? Do you have any friends who will lift you up and encourage you? Do you have any friends who are making you better? I'll never forget about three years ago this time, I was standing out in the foyer of the church some friends were standing around, and I, I made a statement, and I said, I'm, I'm really tired of being out of shape, and I'm really tired of being tired all the time. I'd really like to get in shape. I, maybe I'd even, you know, you've seen the P90X stuff on the late at night, you know. Maybe I'd like to do that whole P90X or Tony Horton stuff. Well, you don't say that in front of this friend, Charlene. How many know what I'm saying? And so the next week, I just made a statement. I wasn't really thinking about it. The next week, this friend, Charlene, comes to me and she goes, here you go, Pastor. I got P90X for you. Here's the DVDs. I signed you up for a challenge group and it starts next week and I'm going to be your accountability partner. I'm going, okay. But I didn't want to disappoint Charlene. She's a friend that makes me better. And so that next week, I grabbed a buddy, Kip, and we started doing P90X every morning at 6 o'clock in the morning. Some of you are laughing because you can imagine Kip doing P90X. <laughs> and we did it every single morning for 90 grueling, agonizing days. And I'll be honest, there were days I didn't want to do it. There were days I didn't want to get up at 6 in the morning. But the only thing that kept me going was I didn't want to disappoint Charlene. I knew that Kip was coming over, and I didn't want to disappoint him. You see, I'm talking about my life is different. In fact, three years later, I'm still going strong. Come on. Three years later, I'm still doing workouts four or five days a week. I'm looking better, feeling better. My wife is kissing me more. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. And my life is different because I had a friend, a friend who would make me better. And here's the question I have for you today. Do you have any friends in your life like that? Do you have any friends that will encourage you? Friends who will stand with you? Friends who will make you better? You see, I think the reason that so many of us don't really have these kinds of relationships in our life is that we're not very intentional about our friendships. I mean, think about it. Who are, who are your friends? Probably the friends that you spend time with. Most of them just kind of just became your friend kind of on accident, you know? I mean, just by chance. Maybe it's somebody from work or maybe it's somebody that you knew in the neighborhood or somebody in your family that you grew up with. And so you get together and you hang out and you watch football and you do stuff like that. And there's great friends. I have great friends that I became friends with just kind of by chance. But I'm here to tell you today that the friends that really make me better, the friends that have made me a better person, 
person are the friends that I have sought them out. I have been intentional about inviting them into my life. And the truth is here today, maybe some of you, God wants to use a friend. Maybe God wants to use someone in your life to make you better. But I'm telling you, it's not going to happen by accident. You're going to have to seek people out and you're going to have to let people in. I'm telling you, some of you here today, you want to have a better marriage. And the friends that you're hanging around with aren't helping you have a better marriage. In fact, they're contributing to you having a bad marriage. And you need to begin seeking out people who have the kind of marriage that you would like to have and begin inviting them into your life and begin uh, begin asking them to be your friend and be your coach and be your mentor and help you to become better. Maybe some of you, you want to grow in your financial life and you want to do better financially, but the people you're hanging around with are not a good influence on you in that way. And they're spending money on this and on that and they're in debt up to their ears and you will become just like them until you begin to find people who are above you and ahead of you and begin to invite them intentionally into your life, you will never become like those that, you will never become the what you want in your financial life until you begin to invite these type of people in your life. Maybe some of you want to get into shape, but you're hanging around with people who eat donuts as a hobby, you know? And you need to, you need to find some people... You need to begin to connect with people, friends who will make you better. Some of you here this morning, you need to be that kind of friend for somebody else. You need to start looking around. Who are the people that I can encourage? Who are the people that I can, that I can be that kind of friend for, this, for them? In fact, the Bible says it like this in Proverbs 27 and 17. As iron sharpens iron, so one friend sharpens another. David had some friends that influenced his life. He had a friend who, makes, who made him better. Number two, check this out. David had a friend named Jonathan. Everybody say Jonathan. And Jonathan was a friend who helps you find spiritual strength. As we look forward in David's story a little bit, we see that David begins to grow in notoriety Part of the reason he grew in that notoriety is a little story that we know about a giant named Goliath. David defeats Goliath and people begin to begin to know who David is a little bit. He begins to become known as as a mighty warrior. And in fact, they start singing songs about him. They start singing songs like this. Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. And then then Saul, the king at the time, he starts to get a little bit jealous. He starts to get a little bit angry, a little bit intimidated by these songs that are being sung and the notoriety that David begins to have in his life. And so he he becomes so angry to the point that he wants David killed. In fact, he puts a hit out on on David. And you can imagine how David must have felt as David is running around the countryside, as David is, is running for his life. And it's in that moment that this friend walks in. It's in that moment that Jonathan enters into David's life, and we see it in 1 Samuel 23 and verse number 15. Look what it says. It says, While David was at Horesh in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. 
And Saul's son, Jonathan, went to David at Horesh. And look what he did. He helped him find strength in the Lord. Everybody say that today. He helped him find strength in the Lord. Verse 17. Don't be afraid, he said. My father, Saul, will not lay a hand on you. And you will be king over Israel. And I will be second to you. And even my father, Saul, knows this. The two of them made a covenant before the Lord. In the time of need, David had a friend who helped him to find strength in the Lord. The question is today, do you have these kinds of friends in your life? Do you have friends who are strengthening you spiritually or friends who are tearing you down spiritually? Are the people that you are hanging around, are they ones that are encouraging you in your walk with the Lord? Do you have friends who will walk in when everybody else is walking out? Do you have friends who will say, I'm not just going to pray with you, I'm going to stand with you? Everybody needs this kind of friend in our lives. You know, I know in my life that there's been, there's been times when I've gone through difficult times as a pastor. We've gone through struggles. And I, I've had friends who have been there in those times of needs. I, I know that, that you may not realize it, but there have been times as I've, as I've pastored that we've gone through some really dark times and some really low valleys. There, I can think of, of one or two instances, especially where I didn't, I didn't want to do it anymore. I remember one time sitting down in the, in the bathroom in our house, sitting down on the side of the bathtub, talking to Amber and tears just flowing down my face and saying, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do it. It's too hard. I just want to give up and quit. And I'm telling you, it was in those times when I had friends, when everybody else was walking out, those friends that stepped in. Some of them are in this room today. Others of them are pastors who prayed for me and who stood beside me and who were there with me. And I would not still be standing here today if it wasn't for those relationships, those people who came alongside and prayed those people who held up my hands, those people who were there for me in those dark and difficult days of my life. I'm telling you, every single one of us needs a friend like Jonathan, a friend who will lift us up, who will help us find strength in the Lord. I challenge you today, look at your friends. Look at the people that you're spending the most of your time with. Are they friends who are helping you find strength in the Lord or are they friends who are pulling you away from your relationship with the Lord? I know you say, oh yeah, I got friends. My friends are Christians. Man, my friend's got a big old, big old cross tattoo on his arm. He loves the Lord. Goes to church on, on Easter and on Christmas and he likes that, you know, he likes that song, God is great and beer is good and people are crazy. I got Christian friends. That ain't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about friends who are passionate about God, who the number one priority of their life is to follow after God and His plan and purpose for their life. Do you have that kind of friend? Friends who are challenging you in their spiritual walk? Friends who are holding you accountable to your spiritual walk? Do you have friends who are saying, hey, this is what I read in the scripture today. What would you read? What is God speaking to your life? What is God doing in your life spiritually? Do you have friends who wake up in the middle of the night and pray for you and text you or call you the next morning and say, God put you on my heart and he gave me a scripture and I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to know I'm standing with you and I'm there for you. That's the kind of friends that I'm talking about. Friends who will encourage you. Friends who will, who will draw you closer to God. That's what, the spirit, that's what the Bible says in Hebrews 3 and verse number 12, that we ought to be that kind of friends for others. Look what it says. It says, so see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God 
But look what it says. But encourage one another daily. Everybody say that today. Encourage one another daily. As long as it is called today. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. What does the Bible say? The Bible says we need friends who will encourage us in our spiritual walk. We need to be friends who will encourage others in their spiritual walk. I remember when I was a youth pastor, I, I, we had teenagers, and you know how teenagers are. They started to kind of bicker and kind of, I heard some of them kind of tearing each other down and kind of cutting each other down. And one time I just got sick of it. And so I preached this sermon on this, on this verse right here, encourage one another daily. And I was just kind of trying to, how can I help them to remember this? And so I came up with this little deal, went kind of like this, bow, wow, wow, yippee-yo, yippee-yay, encourage one another all day, every day. I mean, no, pastor's got skills, right? And I made him say it over and over and over. Bow, wow, wow, yippee-yo, yippee-yay. Come on, say it with me. Bow, wow, wow, yippee-yo, yippee-yay. Encourage one another all day, every day. Now, that's as cheesy as it gets, but you won't forget, will you? We need those kinds of friends. Encourage one another daily. Even while it is still called today. You need friends who are not tearing you down spiritually. Friends who aren't leading you away from God. But friends who are leading you closer to God. You see, you show me your friends. I'll show you your future. I'll tell you what five years will look like from now by the people that you're hanging around with. We need friends like Samuel. We need friends like like Jonathan. Number three is a guy named Nathan. Everybody say Nathan. Nathan is a friend who tells you the truth. See, as we look forward in David's story, we see that David became the king. He was a mighty warrior. He was a man after God's own heart, but David got distracted. David took his eyes off of the Lord, and he got his eyes on Bathsheba. You might remember the story that one night David was up on the, up on the roof of the palace, and he saw this woman bathing. He lusted after her, and he wanted her, and he was the king. Nobody could say that he couldn't have her. So he sent for her, and she came to him. They slept together. She became pregnant. After becoming pregnant, David didn't know what to do, and so he had to cover it up, and so he had her husband killed. David falls into a very, very deep place he should have never, should have never found himself in. And the sad thing is that David doesn't even really realize the gravity of what he has done. He just tries to keep going on with life just as it is until this friend, this friend Nathan comes along. Nathan loves him enough to tell him the truth. In fact, we see it in 2 Samuel 12 and verse 1. It says, And then the Lord sent Nathan to David. When he came to him, he said, There were two men in a certain town, one rich and the other poor. The rich man had a very large number of sheep and cattle, But the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb that he bought. He raised it and it grew with him and his children. He shared his his food and drank from his cup and even slept in his arms. It was like a daughter to him. Now a traveler came to the rich man, but the rich man was uh, refrained from taking one of his own sheep or cattle to prepare a meal for the traveler who had come to him. Instead, he took the ewe lamb that belonged to the poor man and... 
and prepared it for the one who had come to him. And David burned with anger against the man and said to Nathan, As surely as the Lord lives, the man who, who did this must die. He must pay for the lamb four times over because he did such a thing and had no pity. But verse number 7 says, But then Nathan said to David, You are the man. Think about this. This is the king. He could have had, he could have had Nathan taken away, thrown into prison for life, could have had him even killed. But Nathan loved him enough. Nathan loved his friend enough to even risk his own life to speak the truth. And it changed his life forever. In fact, if you want to see how it changed David's life, just go and read Psalm 51 and you'll see that on that day, David's heart was broken and he was repentant and he turned back to the Lord and he may have never made that change if it wasn't for this friend who was willing to become uncomfortable, this friend who was willing to go the extra mile, this friend who was willing to even put his own life in, at risk to speak the truth to David. Here's a question for you today. When was the last time you had someone who loved you enough to tell you the truth? When was the last time you had someone who loved you enough that they saw you going in the wrong direction and they, they loved you enough to stop you and to speak into your life and to speak the truth to you? The truth is, if you haven't had a friend like that in your life, you need a friend like that in your life. If you don't have people who are speaking this kind of truth in your life, it might be because you are not allowing them. You have to give them permission to speak these truths in your life. I'll never forget, it's probably been 12 years ago now, we were pastoring uh, the church in Midland. I was a young pastor. We began pastoring, pastoring there when I was 24 years old. So you can imagine what that was like. I was immature and, and just, just, we went through some, some tough stuff there, went through some difficult times where people left the church, people said things that were hurtful and mean and uh, you know, I was tender and sensitive to those things, and it, it really hurt. And, and I began to be really wounded and began to even become a little bit resentful, maybe even a little bitter in my heart. And I didn't realize it, but it was, it was having an impact upon my relationships. It was having an impact upon my marriage. It was having an impact upon the way I pastored the church and even though I didn't really realize it, it was, it was very real. And so one day, I had a friend just like this, a friend who walked into my office and he sat down. My brother-in-law, his name is Sean. And even though he, was, he worked for me, he was risking his job. He was our youth pastor. He sat down and he began to speak some truth into my life. And I'll be honest, it wasn't one of those kind of conversations that you like to have it wasn't some things that I really wanted to hear, but things that I needed to hear. And honestly, at the time, I didn't like it. Honestly, at the time, I actually got mad. For, for a few weeks, I was pretty ticked off. But I can tell you today that my life has changed. I am a different person. I'm the man I am today because of a conversation with a friend who loved me enough to come in and sit down and say, Pastor, brother... I see some things in your life, and I see that they're not going to be good if you don't deal with them, and I love you enough to speak that truth in your life. Even though I got angry, it changed my life. And I'll tell you here this morning, if you don't have a friend like that, you need some friends like that. And if people aren't speaking those truths into your life, perhaps it's because you have not allowed them to speak those truths 
in your life. You see, if someone speaks that truth, if you react in anger, they're probably not going to speak that truth in your life anymore. Some of you, some of you your, your spouse could help you with some things in life, but they don't say anything to you anymore because last time they said something, you re- reacted with such anger that they just say, I don't want to say anything anymore. Employers, let me help you. Those of you that have employees that work for you, the way you react when they bring you bad news will determine whether they ever bring you bad news ever again. How many know what I'm saying? And how many know when you're the employee, when you're the boss, you need to know the bad news so you can take care of the bad news. If they're hiding the bad news, it's probably because they're afraid to bring you the bad news. You need to open yourselves up and allow people to speak those truths in your life. And if you're the one doing the speaking, let me just tell you this. We always speak truth in love. See, there's a difference in, in, what, in what you say and how you say it. How many know you can say the right thing and say it in the wrong way and it, will be re, it won't be received? But as a friend, if we are that friend that speaks the truth, we see Nathan. That Nathan came and he spoke the truth and he spoke it boldly, but he did it in love and it changed David's life. And I'm telling you, some of us need some friends like that in our lives. Some of us need to be that kind of friend for others to speak the truth in love so that lives can be changed. You see, you show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Some of you, your future is headed toward divorce. It's because the friends you're hanging around with and they're contributing to it. Some of you, your, friend, your future is headed towards bankruptcy because the friends you're hanging around with are leading you in that direction. Some of you, and I'll just be real dramatic here for a second, some of you, if you keep hanging around with the same friends you're hanging around with, your future might look like jail. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Your friends are a picture of where your future will lie. And some of you go, Pastor, you're just being way too dramatic. All right, well, let's put it down to where a lot of you are here today. You look at your friends, I'll tell you what your future is going to look like. It's going to look like more of the same. More of the same of where you're at right now. What does the same look like for you right now? Maybe it's a, a lukewarm, come to church every once in a while on Sunday no purpose in your life, kind of a Christian. And that's your life. And, and the highlight of your whole life is a three-day weekend or a football game. And you don't even realize that there's something wrong with that because that's all you see around you. That's the highlight of your friend's life. Show me your friends, I'll show you your future. And for some of you, it's more of the same. I'm here to tell you that you might just be one friend away from an entirely different future, from an entirely different destiny. You could be one friend away from the greatest marriage you ever dreamed of. You could be one friend away from financial security in your future. You could be one friend away from discovering God's purpose for your life and living that out with everything that you have. You show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You need to begin to open your eyes and maybe it's not just the friend that just comes comes over and hangs out and watches football. Maybe you need to start looking around for some friends who will be a good influence on your life. Maybe you need to start looking around for friends who will see in you what others don't see in you. Maybe you need to start looking around for friends in your life who will encourage you spiritually. Friends who will say, hey, we're going to church. Hey, we're going to pray. Hey, let's read the Bible together. Hey, let's study this together. Hey, let's discover God's purpose together. Hey, let's pray together. Hey, what's God speaking to you in your life? And friends that will challenge 
challenge you and encourage you spiritually. Maybe you need some friends in your life who will tell you the truth because if you've surrounded yourself with friends who will just tell you what you want to hear, eventually you're not going to be able to hear the truth that will change your life. You need these kind of friends in your life. might be one friend away, so maybe, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to begin seeking out those kinds of friends. Maybe this would be the year that you decide, you know, we're going to get in a life group and we're going to commit to it and be faithful to it for the entire semester and just see what God will do. Maybe it's time that you say, I'm going to begin to look for a mentor. I'm begin to look for an accountability partner. I'm going to begin to look for a coach or someone to help me to become the kind of person that I know God has called me to be. Maybe it's time to say, hey, I've got to forgive some people and let go of some hurts and some stuff that others have done in my life so I can restore some kind of relationships that I need to have. Maybe, maybe it's time that you just quit putting it off and you invite that couple to lunch after church. Who knows where that might lead? Maybe it's time to get up off the couch, turn off the Xbox, put on a button-down shirt and some smelly good stuff and go ahead and ask the girl out. It might change your life. How many know what I'm talking about? We heard it last week. If you, want, if you want friends, the Bible says in Proverbs, you must show yourself friendly. And so, many us, so many of us go, I don't have these kind of friends in my life. Be that kind of friend for somebody else. Begin to seek that kind of friend out. Begin to pray and ask God. And I believe God will bring these kinds of friends in your life. You just might be one friend away from an entirely different